Greetings from Storybrook. I'm Bobby Hawk. And I'm Johnny Hooper. And I'm Monica Jones. And this is the land where we debate whether pancakes make a good dessert or not. Uh, we also talk about ABC's hit series, Once Upon a Time. How are you guys doing today? I'm good. Good, good, good. What's that? What's hurting? Head's hurting a little bit, but I'll be all right. Oh, sorry to hear that. Just, just random headache or something, or so, so random. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Sorry to hear that. Okay, all right. Uh, what about you, Monica? Any anything new this week, or just ready to talk about uh, this week's Once Upon I, a Time? I am ready and raring to go on Once Upon a Time. I'll tell you what. Uh, this this uh, season's been a little hit and miss. Uh, you know. Uh, don't know what we were looking forward to uh but i i got to say this is like one of my favorites probably my favorite episode of the season at the very least it was a really good episode hit the key or hit the nail on uh i don't know what i'm trying to say there uh but, on the head. yeah uh but jane espenson uh was the writer on this week's episode oh so. well that explains a lot yeah yes it does it does one of my favorite writers in genre television working today um so <laughs> uh well i mean uh i i think we all know where i uh know her from to begin with um uh oh yeah so we can ding it. Uh, oh, okay that, yeah. okay yeah she you know the buff you know she got her start working with uh joss whedon on buffy the vampire slayer uh went on to create uh what uh Warehouse 13, you guys ever see that show? Warehouse oh, 13. I love Warehouse! Yes, that was create, not only written, but created uh, by Jane Espenson. Oh, oh, no wonder I love her! <laughs> <laughs> so yes, I mean, when it comes to genre television, uh, she is is one of the most creative uh, writers working today. Um, uh, anyway, uh, yeah, ding the Buffy Bell. Uh, but... Uh, <laughs> Let's get on with this week's episode. Um, Monica, you actually uh, tried your hand at this week's uh, rhyming summary, so why don't you go ahead and uh, take that for us. Regina cannot help her own son. Gisela tells a tale she has spun. Rumpel enjoyed a lifetime with Belle. Now he wants rid of the knife the right way as well. If Regina could not deceive her mother, what makes Drizella think herself smoother? While Rogers looks at his side, oh no, his lead may have died. Drizella's curse reflects a blackening heart. Suffer, obey, and stay apart. Magic comes with a price, it's the same with us all. Drink and remember in this week's episode, Wake Up Call. Wake Up Call. Very very good rhyme to the, this week, Monica. Especially Thank you. For, uh, for first try there. Uh, I've only done it once. Uh, I mean, I've usually uh, got my hands a little uh, full with uh, <laughs> just every, uh, the notes and everything else. But... um. The, the notes it, are a handful. I'll, I'll give you that. I, I know it's a, a chore to take on, and I'm glad you could help us out this week. 
So like I was saying earlier, um, I think that we're finally, this brings to kind of a close, um, like the first five or six, this is the sixth, uh, uh, this is the sixth episode now, right? Yep. So we got um, pretty much like the first part of the season, um, giving us kind of a refresher course on who the returning characters are and how they ended up where they're at here. But I also feel like over the past episode or two, we're finally getting a handle on Harbor Heights itself. Um, Hyperion. Thank you, Hyperion Heights. I don't know why I said Harbor Heights. Anyway, uh, you know, um, I I feel like we're finally getting a grasp as to the, the city, as to the story of what's going on. We finally have a grasp as to maybe not necessarily how, but at least who cast the curse. Um, at least we think we do. I might have some a, a note on that a little later. Um, that being said, um, why don't we just go ahead and jump into this week's uh, recap so we can see what we thought of this week's episode, Wake Up Call. So we so we open right where we left off at, uh, last week as Ronnie and Henry discuss the photo that she found in the tower. She says it looks to be a scene from the book that he wrote, or he says, I'm sorry, it looks to be a scene from the book he wrote. They think it must be a fake, and Belfry is messing with them. Ronnie is ready to throw down when Jacinda comes in to ask for tools. Uh, she's fixing the food truck they, uh, that her and Sabine bought. Henry offers to help, but gets the cold shoulder. In the other realm, it seems the magical carriage is due for repairs. Henry pulls out his Tron box to show uh, Ella what a torque wrench is and how to use it. It seems word of the carriage travels far. Bandits come for the motorcycle, and Ella shows henry how handy she can be with a torque wrench uh, regina comes to save the day but it seems like they have everything under control henry tells her they are about to go on a mission he asks for her help but she says that they can obviously take care of themselves ivy comes to check on victoria uh okay back in seattle ivy comes uh to check on victoria and finds her laid out with a migraine obviously obviously she blames ivy somehow uh she she's uh, uh Excuse me there. Ivy suggests it may be the flowers Lucy brought her and offers to get rid of them. Instead, she brings them to the witch in the tower. Uh, they may have just enough magic, but still needs she still needs one more thing. Ivy's tired of playing fetch until she's reminded of what they're fighting for. The witch tells her that she's worried about Regina finding the photo, and Ivy tells her after today that won't be a problem. Uh, back at Ronnie's, Henry's found out that what was with the uh, back at Ronnie's. Henry's found out what was with the silent treatment uh, from Jacinda. Apparently, Ivy posted pics of their drunkaween on social media. Now he's worried what that might mean for him and Jacinda. Lucy runs in, waiting to know about the picture, or wanting to know rather about the picture. Uh, no, the other picture. Uh, they try to tell her it's fake, but she says they they just have to remember, and she knows just how to do it. Um, okay, so just starting from the back here, uh, I, I know I've mentioned this before, but how is Lucy just like coming and going wherever that wherever she wants to come and go to? I mean, especially into bars in the middle of the afternoon. I uh, <laughs> I know it's a stupid point to to bring up, but. Uh, because Victoria is a horrible, horrible it's, it's, um, 
Uh, caretaker. Whole and whole caretaker. Yeah, whatever you want to call her. But yeah. but it's not just her. It's it when when Ivy was looking after her, when uh, Jacinda was looking after her. They just let this kid come and go as as, as she pleases, and uh, Jacinda, I think, was better about it. But the the Ivy and, and Victoria just don't give a darn. Well, with her being a main character, I understand they have to have her in scenes, so they can't just. Uh, I don't know how, what I'm trying to say. Uh, um, they. They have to have her in scenes, and unfortunately, this being the city it is, that a lot of the scenes take place. And I'd say about eighty-five percent of the scenes take place take place at Ronnie's bar. Mm -hmm. um, even scenes that you don't even realize that you gotta like look for a second, like uh, and it's like, okay, I think that's Ronnie's bar. Um, whether it be the middle of the afternoon, daytime, nighttime, whatever, it's it's always at Ronnie's bar. Um, so I guess if they're gonna have her interact with other characters, they just kind of gotta have to have it happen and not explain it. And uh, I know this is the, that's the least of what this show has to explain, but I'm, I'm sorry. I just for some reason I uh, it irks me. I guess maybe it's that I'm a parent, and it's like who in the right mind would let let um let the kid you know just run around like that especially in a big city like this anyway um it's just kind of funny on how you know she just has so much freedom so much run around it's like making it seem like the city is kind of <clears throat> in my opinion quite small yeah we mentioned that <laughs> yeah. last week you know? we mentioned that last week um like definitely like quite small. and maybe maybe we're just dealing with like uh like Hyperion Heights, it's just like the downtown area, and so maybe it's just like a a borough, you know, like a eight city block radius. I don't, I don't know, and, you know, maybe it is just really small. But yeah, we, we did pick, we did uh, um, mention that last week. You know how in like I think Ronnie's is like two blocks away from the precinct and. Um, Man, I thought it was just down the street, like like literally, like yeah, know, like it, like in the same shot. You see Ronnie's, like when they show people going in and out of the precinct, you see Ronnie's, the sign for Ronnie's over to the left. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's crazy, yeah. Um, budget, you know, they they can't dress a whole city; they can just dress a street. So when That's you all. look, when you look this way, it's a different street. When you look that way, it's a different street. <laughs> Um, but anyway, uh, that, that's backstage stuff. Uh, you had some more to add about Lucy, uh, Tony. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, to, to actually go along with your point, actually, which is kind of funny on you know, how persistent she is like her father. I mean, mm -hmm. of, of course, of course, it seemed like Henry was almost everywhere, too, if you remember. Um, always there at Granny's, always there at, um, at, um, let's see, I want to say, uh, yeah, I think mostly the same the same way as uh, as uh, Lucy is always well, showing up in Emma's car, you know, out of nowhere. It's like, wait a minute, you're supposed to go that way. What yeah, are you doing he was supposed car? to be in school, and he was, oh yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I guess, like, kind of like I said last week, I kind of just justified that being that like he was in a small town, so they can get away with that. But 
Mm -hmm. I, I, it's just something I gotta look the other way, especially like I said, if this is the main character who has to interact with all the other characters, you know, you kind of just gotta let it happen. Definitely. <laughs> I mean, like at first you would just think that everybody's just so careless about 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 you know about him basically being in one place and things like that, and then all of a sudden you know he's he's at Granny's, he's mm -hmm. in the back of his car, he's uh. Yeah, the castle on the beach. It's like Jesus. Everybody just did. You run around everywhere. You have no <laughs> self control. Yeah, like you said, I guess it's like father like daughter. Mm -hmm. Um, Monica, you had something to add about the ladies of the show? Oh, um, that toolbox that Ronnie just sort of hands over to um uh, you know what? It, have any of you picked up a toolbox? <laughs> that, it's a box full of metal objects. It's well, look at, uh, and, look at look at how Henry eats his la di da, and never, and I'm like, and nobody is acting like it's heavy at all. Well, look at how Henry was lugging. I mean, he knocked people out with the toolbox he had, so it must have some heft to it, huh? Uh, and his little lunchbox thing had, like, four objects in it. Yeah, yeah, and he's going to fix uh, fix a motorcycle with, like, a torque wrench hey. with one size socket. No other sockets yeah. in there. He just got one size socket on this torque wrench. It hey, hey. so much sense. Yes, obviously it's it's quote on like it's quote unquote magical now because you know the thing it's barely a magical runs torque wrench. It just it just <laughs> more, uh, well you <laughs> the thing barely runs out of yeah. gas. So I mean, shoot. Yeah, that's that's what that should have been. It's like he fixed he fixed. He's like, I don't understand. It's like, oh wait a second. Yeah, there's no gas. Right. <laughs> no, no, uh, that's why I, I won't run. Got, uh, um, there's this as seen on TV kind of thing, where um, <laughs> it's um, oh, my but. <laughs> It, it fits to what what you're trying to trying to trying, trying to use things like that. Right. What those, are you talking about those gator socket things that like fit the any size socket? That, that might be it. Yeah, I thought you were trying to say that there was going to be some way that a motorcycle would run on something besides gas. No, no, no. no, no, no. <laughs> I'm talking about an actual thing, and I. No, I understand. To me, now it, makes, to me now it makes sense that seeing as how Regina's there, his motorcycle was able, you know, to run probably just on magic. But yeah, before she even made it there, how on earth did he keep the thing fueled? Like, how did he keep it moving? Did he bump into some I asked analysis? that a couple episodes ago. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and right. I figured it was the same magic that kept his phone charged. Yeah, yeah. Suddenly, it makes all like it makes the world of sense. Like, hey, could you like you know use this object here and and uh, make sure that it never dies? And can you also fuel my motorcycle? And you know, I'm guessing that he's talking to some kind of sorceress and say, oh sure, why not? <laughs> I mean, it makes, right. it, 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 it makes perfect sense. 
Why not? Oh my god. It makes it my uh, I swear, <laughs> especially one on time with the with the yep. with these on uh, spray theory of how he kept his motorcycle alive and his phone. It makes no sense. All right. Well so, it, it fits right in with um Henry picking up that magic toolbox lunchbox with the broken handle, handing it to his mom, and then all of a sudden that broken handle is fixed. Yeah. No handle uh, required. I'm just gonna have to chalk that up to continuity. Uh, I hate continuity errors. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, especially on a show that's like got that's got like to do with magic and stuff. Because then when it's something like that, you're like, you know, like people like us who like examine every frame to see what it might mean or might not mean, you know, we're like, wait a second, that was broken before and it isn't now or wasn't now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, what does that mean? Does it mean, you know, it, it means. I know it doesn't mean it, anything. No, 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 I hear you, I hear you. But it just means that Fred didn't do his job that day. Exactly. Uh, yes. Fred forgot to add a, yes. add a piece of clothing, and all of a sudden, the person had a piece of clothing. Darn it's you, like, Fred. Darn you, Fred. Darn you. Whoever Fred is. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... Fred, you fire. <laughs> like, Fred, Fred uh, you forgot the cape. Oh, shoot. Okay, yeah. And all of a sudden, the person has the cape. It's like, <clears throat> oh, my God. Fred. Excuse me. Okay, so uh, moving on. Uh, Rogers and Tilly are in Weaver's hospital room. Uh, he's up and ready to get back to work. Rogers says the captain wants him to take it easy, but he's not having it. He's going to head back to the precinct to talk to the captain. He tells Rogers to stay by the phone. A nurse enters with a wheelchair that is clearly not going to be used. Weaver kicks it out of the way as he heads out the door. Tilly grabs the orange marmalade from the bed and heads out the door behind him. Weaver stops her and asks if he can help her with, a, with his missing girl case. Across town, Ronnie and Henry enjoy some pizza from Bella Note. Uh, he says he's been acting weird, or she's been acting weird since Lucy called her Regina. Ronnie tells him that she tried to adopt, uh, it just brought back bad memories, that she tried to adopt in the past once, but it fell apart at the last minute. As for Lucy, Ronnie thinks that if they play along, the, the fantasy will eventually fade. Time for Operation Heartbreak. And he knows just where she'll be. Ronnie says she'll take care of Lucy. He has plans. Apparently, she forgot to tell him Jacinda's food truck is just around the corner. In the other realm, Regina strolls through the forest when she sees a hooded figure pick up a strange box. Uh, they open it and are instantly entwined in a killer plant. Regina steps out to help and finds out that the figure was Drizella. She is tired of taking orders from Mother. She has come here to find magic to help her get rid of her. Apparently she was born with magic, but her mother repressed it. Regina sees a lot of herself in Drizella and decides to help her choose the right path. In Seattle, Ivy brings the witch the dirt she needs to complete the spell. Witchy Pooh does her hocus pocus and a spiny plant emerges. Witchy tells Ivy to be careful as she grabs a spike and juices it into a bottle while ominously threatening Regina. All right. Um, so, of course, there's the Disney Easter egg of the uh, Bella Note thing, you know, the stray dogs and the alleyway and whatnot. Uh, that was cute. <laughs> 
Um, it was. It was. Um, and then, I mean, there's always the lines that they, I mean. I mean, anytime Ronnie and uh, Henry get together, they always throw out this little aside back and forth of you know, uh, will of like motherly advice or you know, there's always this like uh, innuendo. I don't know if innuendo is the right word, but you know what I'm saying. There's like hidden meaning to the, some of the stuff they say to each other. And so, like yeah. one of the, you know, um, of course, there was the mom knows best line from Henry. But I mean, right? Uh, 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 I don't know. The, I I don't know the word I'm looking for. But I mean, um, when Regina said, "Now uh, be charming and don't slouch," that's something she used to say to him all the time growing up as well, right? I thought I, I thought it was when basically you know the evil queen was her own person. She mentioned something about now be slouch. charming and don't slouch. I just remember hearing it at least twice. I remember, I know it was a thing that Regina said to Henry a few times. Yeah. Um, I didn't remember it from before. I thought it was just, I, I mean, yes, it sounds like motherly advice. And on the other hand, it's just good advice. Period. Well, of course, there's the charming thing in Honestly, there. Or otherwise. Mm -hmm, definitely. Oh. But I just, I just, um, I, Andrew J. West is definitely growing on me. Um, as far as, uh, you know, of course, we all miss Jared Gilmore. Um, you know, we spent six, six, six years with him as Henry. Um, Seen him grow up. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, and I, to be honest with you, I've never seen this act, or at least I don't remember seeing this actor in anything. Um, I know he's been in other things. Uh, I believe the one thing they, they pointed to was The Walking Dead, but I never watched The Walking Dead. I do, I haven't seen I do but what was... I, he he might have been, I mean, you know how The Walking Dead is. He might have been part of a, a group of in a city that they were there for, for six episodes, and he was like one of the background actors, or not background actor, but or you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I, whatever. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could have been a number okay. of things. Um, but I do remember them saying that he was in, you know, the, like when when they were bringing him on the show, that was like the one thing that they kept, you know, pointing out. Yeah, and you know, you know how they'll have a name of an actor and then in parentheses they'll have, you know, other things he may. Yeah, you, you I'll, may I'll have to look that him. up later. Anyway, um, but but regardless, it's not an actor that I remember seeing in anything else, and. Um, to be honest, the first few episodes, uh, mm, you know, um, there was an interesting article I read recently uh, in Entertainment Weekly with uh, uh, Lana Perea, where she talks about uh, acting with Energy West and how she, like, um, tries to do th things in scenes similar with him as she would with, uh, Jared. At, or as she did, yeah, with Jared Gilmore like the way she holds his face or the way she hugs it, you know, the way she interacts with him and she, she tries to interact the same way she would have it with Henry. And I, and I definitely see that. Um, definitely. I don't even know where I was really going with this. Um, I, I guess, I guess really it's just that I, he's growing on me. I even am starting to see some chemistry between, him and uh, Jacinda Cinderella, you know, 
I know that was a big, uh, a big sticking point in the beginning of the season. Um, but regardless, Tony, do you have anything to add? Yeah, um, I also too agree with the uh, point of um of uh, him going on, you know, on us and everything. At first, I wasn't too fond of not having Jerry Gilmore on the show, and you know, hey, maybe we could have had him act out some scenes, you know, within the you know, within the Enchanted Forest, maybe, I don't know, early 20s or, you know, anything like that. You know, it would have been nice to have him in, in the show as well, too. But my, well, my question is, Fred is at it again. How in the <laughs> more world... Continuity. Yes, more continuity. Fred, you fired. How in the world did, did Regina get into just in this apartment? Was the door open? Was it unlocked? I, mean, I don't. I could almost. I could almost. I figured that that uh, uh, Tiana let her in. Or what, Sabine. Was my assumption. Sabine, or Sabine, yes. Or I was actually what I was gonna say is that Jacinda is at Ronnie's so often, and uh, has has her help so often that I would almost imagine Jacinda giving uh, Ronnie a key to the apartment. That makes sense, but like, still, like if you if you've got a if you've got a close friend who watches your kids, waters your plants, you know that type of thing, you know, um, you give them a key, right? Yeah, but yeah. I mean, but what's the effort? It did not even make sense. It's like, hey, I'm walking into your mother's apartment. Hey, I knew you would be here. You know, like I'm furthering the plot. You know, I treat much, in. right? I'm being a creeper. <laughs> <laughs> I've come here to hope you squash your hopes and dreams and bring you back to reality. Yeah. I mean, it's like, come on. <laughs> Something. Like, okay, okay, of course. The person who plays um a Sabine slash Princess Diana probably mm -hmm. didn't feel like coming in opening up the door for that quick scene or whatever, but still it's like Or rather they didn't feel like paying her for opening up the door for a quick scene. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that would make perfect sense. But it's like, come on, how did you get in the apartment? That makes no sense. And also, I do, um, I do like the addition of her uh, about about her saying, "I'll be charming and, and I don't slouch." I mm -hmm. thought that that was basically like the evil queen kind of coming out, but not as of not acting, you know, so so like you know mischievous or things like that. It was just a simple, hey. Be charming and don't slouch, or you know, just some great advice. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, good advice, you know, no matter who you are. Mm -hmm, I totally agree. I totally agree. And you had uh, you had a few notes to add as well, Monica. Oh, just um, that um, that thing that attacked Drizella. Uh huh. Is that Audrey too? I, I caught the same vibe as well, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, I do not know if it was a mean green mother from outer space. <laughs> I haven't actually seen, uh, the, the musical. Okay, so that's um, why that just totally flew. Have, have either of you seen Little Shop of Horrors? I saw the Little Shop of Horrors original okay. movie. Just not the, well, the Rick Moranis musical remake. Audrey has so, a uh, 
a musical number where uh, I believe he's sung the singing voice is Leroy Tubbs, and he sings, I'm a mean green mother from outer space. So, wow. yeah, yeah. That's why I made the joke I did, but it totally flew over. I, you know, like no one understood what I was saying. So, I, you know. I, I, funny. No, I know. I felt like I had to explain myself there. Hey, but hey, Elizabeth, Elizabeth isn't here with us tonight, so that was like her, her here with us in spirit. Mm -hmm. uh, me having to explain. She would have gotten it. Yes. <laughs> yes. Actually, yeah, she probably I told would have. Her she would be missed, and this. Is true. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay. Um, but yes, I definitely caught that vibe as well, uh, Monica. So let's move on with the rest of the episode. Um. Henry grabs a boombox and does his best John Cusack impression for Jacinta. She asks what's up and he rambles on about 80s John Hughes and mixtapes before finally asking her out. She hesitates and he apologizes for drunk ween with Ivy. She tosses him a drunk uh, a torque wrench and, and they get to work on the food truck. Uh, at Jacinta's apartment, Lucy goes through her mom's closet looking defeated. Ronnie shows up and reminds her that Victoria doesn't want her there. Lucy says uh, she had, oh, sorry, Lucy says she had to come to find the book like Henry did. She hoped to bring the memories back like in his story. Ronnie says she would love for it to be true and tells Lucy that she'll help her. In the other realms, Dr Drizella's in Magic 101 and Regina's the teacher. Unfortunately, Drizella can't even move a small rock. Regina realizes she lacks the proper motivation. Uh, she causes a chunk of rock to fall off a tower just above her head, and Drizella stops it at the last second. Regina tells her of the dark path she went down without a proper guide, and she wants to help Drizella not make those same mistakes. At the precinct, Ronnie shows up with a welcome back gift and a favor to ask of Weaver. She and Lucy want some info on a Regina Mills. Ronnie says she'll owe him one, and he agrees to look into it. Um... All right, so uh, Tony, it uh, looks like you have quite a bit to add here, so I'll just go ahead and let you let, let you take the ball and run with it for now. All right, running with the ball. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, okay, so one big question for you guys. So, I mean, mm -hmm. that was powerful. That, Apparently, like, because it, it happened pretty quick, too. It really happened pretty quick. And I mean, you know what? It didn't waste no time at all putting Regina in danger for, you know, a quick moment by having rocks fall on her and stuff like mm -hmm. that. You know, mm -hmm. it really just seems like that if you remember when she was trying to train Emma and doing magic, you know, she basically said, hey, so I'm going to teach you how to swim. You know, she basically mm -hmm. just put um, Gisela like in the line of fire and say, hey, so, yeah, I'm going to let these rocks drop on me. Right, and I, right. And I'm gonna see if you can save my life. You know, like I, I'm, I'm guessing that's what it takes to, you know, to get somebody's magical ability out. Um, but now the question comes to mind is, um, who's okay? Out of all the people we've seen do magic, like I guess I wrote down a, like a little bit of a small list. So it goes with Regina, Zelina, the Black Fairy, Ruffle, Emma, Blue Fairy, Peter Pan, Cora, and then Gisela. Out of all those people, if you can quickly, quickly, quickly say the like maybe the top five, maybe who do you think is um, the most powerful? I well, I think top three on Rump. the show that we've seen, I would say Rumple, uh, Regina, and 
Emma? Selena, Blackberry. I mean, like, as of... I guess I'd put Black Fairy up there. And blue. Blue and blue, yeah. Yeah, so that would be my top five. Blue, yeah, Black, Rumpel, Emma, Regina. Yeah, because who That's knows? That's four. Who, I uh, mean, uh, blue, Black, uh, Rumpel, Emma, Regina. Um, That's five. Blue, Black, Rumpel, Regina. Emma. Oh. Oh, Emma. Okay. But I oh, get, yeah. but but then I start saying like, oh wait, maybe I think Selena should be in the top five. She so should think, definitely be in the top um, five, like because in you know by by them having their little duel in the middle of Storybrooke Main Street, um, you can plainly see that at that very moment because she had a pendant on, you know, she didn't have like the regular level of magic. Her magic was magnified with that uh, with that pendant, which made her ultimately. You know, much more powerful. But she then, can. but then, like, are the are the magic of snow and charming? With things that no, I was thinking I like literally people who have literally you know we've seen on the screen use magic. Okay, I understand what you're saying. I understand, mm -hmm. but it was the magic of their love that ultimately created Emma. That is like maybe arguably one of the most powerful. You know, people on the show that we've seen. True. It's but definitely as far as spell casting, that that's not not within their their realm. No, I understand. I, I understand. It's a, it's a different uh, a different uh, different category. Type. Yeah, category type. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, but it's it's definitely an interesting question question to think about and maybe even one to come back to when we have like maybe a spoiler party type episode or something you know yeah or, or maybe or maybe what we can do is we can uh, do a poll that'd be a poll question yeah put something up on the yeah. facebook you know like maybe we'll start a pub poll mm. um Let's do you have anything <laughs> oh, no, i do have one more point so basically okay. this is to address I'm getting sick and tired of this. Look, everybody who is a hater of the chemistry between Henry and Jacinda, this is for you guys. So, for all of those people who have stated that Jacinda and Henry have, who don't have no chemistry whatsoever, have you forgotten what the curse does? They, they had a connection with the wrench and among other things. Also, if you remember, Mary Margaret and David didn't know they have much in common because of the curse. They, you know, they had their share moments. They had, you know, objects, you know, um, you know, with the flower when they briefly were woke were woken up. Um, they had, you know, the flower, they had their love, you know, mm -hmm. they had their words, you know, exchanging of words. You know, of course they wouldn't have no chemistry when they are completely cursed and they do not know each other. And with this curse, to be honest with you, with everyone here, it's like it just seems like this curse is much more heavier when it comes to basically making people not believe that you know that that they have somebody that loves them or that they know people you know things like that and i mean this curse really puts the oomph in you know making people forget who they are for the moment but yeah just a little bit of a you know a statement to make in my opinion i think they have a lot more chemistry than what we've seen and it's coming to light slowly 
No, I can understand that. I could see where you're coming from there. And like I said earlier in the episode, I do feel like they're slowly growing on me as far as uh, the actors and the characters themselves as well as the relationship. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's like they're falling in love all over again. Mm -hmm. Basically, and because that's what I was getting. They started off not knowing each other mm -hmm. within Seattle, and now... There's something there. And, and to be honest with you, if you think about it, even when even when we see them in the realms, all we see of them is before they're in a relationship. Yeah, exactly. yeah. We so really we haven't seen exactly. them in love. Right. That's exactly how basically Snow and Charming were. You know, mm -hmm. they bump into each other several times. Hey, she So maybe um, he knocked off a horse. She hit him in the jaw. <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah, so, so maybe the fact that no one see, is seeing this chemistry is because that these actors are so good that they can act the chemistry with the chemistry or without the chemistry. You know, understand what I'm saying? You'll feel hasn't it. hasn't been within the show. Right. Yeah. It hasn't been it's needed been to. promised. It just hasn't been shown. Exactly. Right. Right, and I, I don't know. So I, I feel like we're just not there yet. So give them time, people. Give them time. Give it time. Like, yeah. calm down. The chemistry's coming. Um, and Monica, I feel like I'm doing a podcast with Bill here because, uh, like, the past few com the fast, uh, past few topic or uh, <laughs> past few notes you've had here have been feel like they've come straight out of my mind. I mean, I like I said, I totally felt the Audrey two vibe there last time. And like this note you have here, like, uh, what what did you have to add? Uh, well, with Jacinda trying to move the rock, a total Star Wars vibe, uh, and I was hearing Yoda in my mm -hmm. head mm -hmm. going, "Move the rock, you shot. Do not, <laughs> yeah, no. do do that or whatever, yeah, or yeah, exactly." <laughs> But yeah, I I totally like I almost in, in, yeah in, in the in the recap I almost actually put like uh, like uh, Regina goes all Skywalker or something like yeah like I yeah, I, I, I forgot I, <laughs> but yeah yeah I totally I totally was catching that vibe yeah. as well um but but that's no mistake because uh, that's like the creators of this show have stated um you know that they're big star wars fans and in fact oh i didn't know that yeah well if you're a fan of once upon if you're a fan of uh oh uh once upon a time in wonderland uh there was a scene where they were uh in the book going over magical beasts and there's a sarlacc pit in the book I'm gonna oh. have to rewatch. Yeah, there, there's you, they barely see it, but there's actually a, an illustration in a book of monsters of a Sarlacc pit oh. from Star Wars, and it's in yeah. I, don't know, I don't I don't know exactly what episode it was, but it's it's yeah. in there. It's in there. Um. Okay. So, <laughs> excuse me. Uh -oh. So moving on. Uh, Rogers and Tilly enjoy a half-played game of chess as he fills her in on Eloise Gardner. He's obviously at his wit's end. 
Tilly tells him to take a step back and realize what pieces he has to work with. Weaver shows up at Ronnie's with news about Regina Mills. Not only does she exist, she adopted a baby boy. She's, she's obviously stunned, and Weaver reminds her that she owes him one before heading back to work. In the realms, two old friends catch up with each other. Runkle tells Regina of the lifetime he and Belle spent together. He's come to find a way to pass on the dark power so he can be with Belle once more. Regina tells him that it seems Henry no longer needs her, but that she may be able to help Drizella. Rumple warns her to be wary of Tremaine. Later, Regina and Drizella use her mirror to see what Tremaine is up to. Apparently, she is using the wand, practicing for replacing her daughter's heart. The only way to bring Anastasia back is to switch her heart with a heart full of belief. They surmise that she plans to take Drizella's heart for Anastasia. Uh, Drizella finally realizes just how much she loves her sister, uh, or her other sister. <laughs> eh. Getting tongue-tied here, guys. Uh, Regina says she will help protect her. Drizella says the only way to stop is to kill her. Uh, to stop her is to kill her. Regina refuses, and Drizella runs off to find a prince that will. Uh, in the Heights, Reg Rogers sits at Ronnie's going over his evidence. He decides to pay the redhead a visit, or the redhead with the, with the tattoos a visit. Uh, he busts in to find a old red sprawled out on the floor. Someone's already been there. Back at the bar, Ronnie opens up the adoption papers and seems to recognize the signature. She grabs a receipt and writes the names to compare. They match. Um, God, there is a lot going on in this episode, guys. That's, that's like... Like writing tonight's notes, you know, tonight's recap, there was like so much that I felt like I couldn't leave out, like I had to put in there. Mm -hmm. And so it's really hard to, to condense all of that down. Um, I guess to start off with here, uh, I really love how cryptic Tilly is. Very, um, I don't know if Carol, Car I mean, very Lewis Carroll. I can't, I was trying to think of a way to make it like Indian, you know, make like a, like a word out of it, but I couldn't think, you know, but um, I've, it, it's very Lewis Carroll, very riddle, very, you know, um, very Alice. Uh, so I definitely, I, 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 Tilly is just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and once again, so many, so many hurdles that that character had to jump for me being not only an Alice in Wonderland fan, but, uh, but just uh, uh, once upon a time and would like, like I said, I almost like that show better than the proper show, and she's and I loved uh, Sophie. I forget wow. her last name, huh? Sophie wow. Devereaux. No, the person who played Alice in the in, in the uh, spinoff. Sophie Lau. Okay, oh. um, but but she was great. I loved her as Alice, but this is a different Alice, and I love Tilly. I like this is a, a different Alice, but I love this Alice just the same. Um, Definitely. I really wish they gave it a chance. I mean, because I think that that really could have, you know, win a few. Oh, the other show. Yeah, so, yeah. I, I don't mean to pour salt in open wounds. Yeah, I, I totally agree. But that being, I was just trying to prove a point that although I did love that show, and I, I almost, I almost had a, you know, like was harboring ill will towards this Alice character because it's like the, not my Alice, you know what I'm saying? But hashtag I, not my Alice. Right, right, right exactly. But but as soon as she as soon as Tilly shows up on screen, you can't help but like just love this character and and wonder where she's going. 
Mm-hmm. Um, she like she could have definitely been a good mixture of Sophie Lau's rendition of Alice on top of her already rendition of Alice. You know, so basically, badass meets no <laughs> today's Alice. Um, uh, I hear you. Now I had another point. Um, when Rumpel and Regina were talking. And she's trying to tell her, like she's like, "Wow, a, a lifetime in in the blink of an eye." I don't, I could, I can't even comprehend that. Uh, she spent forty eight or twenty eight years, rather, frozen in in Storybrook. So I don't really see how she can't comprehend being frozen in time. You know, she's actually done it. Um, and then Rumple had a very interesting question in that same conversation when he pointed out that obviously um you know like regina feels like she's getting one over it's like rumple's like come on think about it you live with cora for years do you really think that tremaine doesn't know exactly what's going on with her daughter and uh, and yeah, that's like, one of my favorite lines is it more or less letting whatever is happening happen and what you really need to ask yourself is why would tremaine want her daughter to learn magic Right, and and that that question is never addressed really in the episode, so it makes never. me it, it it leads me. It to, is well, okay. Go ahead. Um. Okay, so so Rumpel says, "You really think you would have gotten away with this without Cora knowing?" Right. Uh-huh. And then, um, Regina and uh, Drizella look into that magic mirror. And they see what um, Tremaine, Tremaine is doing. Tremaine is doing with Anastasia, and that they make the 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 jump in logic of, okay, so she wants Drizella's heart full of belief, which is a huge jump. Mm-hmm. I I I will give you that. I'm, I'm sorry. Go go um, ahead. Um, but it's full of belief because of Regina's teaching, because she has the, this sudden um, self-assurance. Okay. No, I, I, uh, I, I can I can understand. I can see that. I can see. I I hadn't even thought of that, but I can see that because of Regina's teaching, her uh-huh. heart is now. I would say full of hope. No, I, I understand. I can but understand the, what you're they use is belief. Um, and that is what makes it right for trading for Anastasia. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And, I, I, and, I mean, like, if you ask me, it just seems like um, had Tremaine not picked up any magic, you know, she probably wouldn't have known that her daughter was getting trained somewhere else. You know, and also yeah. the fact that my that my uh, and that Regina my came out of nowhere. I mean, literally came out of a portal from another world. So it's not like right. Tremaine had any yeah. idea that this would even be happening until recently. Also, my question still comes to mind: How on earth? How on earth does she even even gain the magic ability? Because. I guess she was just born with it. I mean, this is a land that has magic, even though we've only yeah. seen it from 
uh, Regina and Emma at this point. Uh, Drizella said that she was born with it. Yeah, Drizella said she was born with it and it was repressed. So we, we wanted, so I really need to know why she repressed it. And then, like Rumpel said, why now is she wanting is she wanting her to learn to use it again? And I'm thinking that maybe it's because she realizes that she can't do, or I don't know, it's hard to say because I, 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 at first I'm, I'm knocking my own theory out of the water because at first I was going to say that she needs Drizella to help Anastasia, but then they say later in the episode, like Monica was saying with the heart thing, so obviously Drizella's not going to pull her own heart out and switch it with her sister, right. so I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't know. No, but to be honest with you, though, if you guys um, have you ever realized that that um, how 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 people with the mag you know with magic they seem to 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 turn out evil and or wicked, you know, as Zelina did basically. It makes it seem like every 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 parent figure has always shunned their child for having a magic ability, you know, like 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 magic abilities. Mm -hmm. I don't know I mean, that Cora shunned Regina for having magic. Well, no, no, no like so basically, you no, know, they're like they're an exception, you know. Okay. Basically, okay. Like, like, like basically, Cora drew from her magic because all she wanted was power, you know, mm -hmm. saying, "Hey, love is weakness. Power is what you want," you know. But they, but 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 they're and them and that, you know, in a, in a sense, is you know excluded from that. But if you would, if you remember, um. Uh, Zelina's adoptive father shunned her because she had magic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember. And, yeah, uh -huh. you know, and the the things that will push a person, you know, to to go towards evil, like like Gisela had her mother actually accepted her for who she is, you know, saying, "Hey, this is my child. She's full of belief. She's good. She's this. She's that." Got but, you. you know, she's not. You know, like. It just seems like basically people with the magic ability, like if they have magic, they get shunned for it, and then you wonder why they turn evil. No, I mean, no, I hear you, and I think that's the point that they try to show on the show is that, for the most part, I mean there have been very few characters, uh, um, but for the most part, even the most evil characters, there's like something that drives them mm -hmm. over that edge. Exactly, it kind of makes you really think that, hey, what if? Selena's um, mother was still alive, and she knew she had magic. Would she have called her wicked, or, no, I hear you. or you know, if if her father was a little bit more open-minded about magic, you know, do you think she would have turned out to be the wicked witch of the West? You know, she could have actually been, you know, have have, have had accepted that destiny. If you remember uh, that that uh, destiny about being, you know one of the uh, four witches at that table and she mm -hmm. would have been called the Wicked Witch of the West. Or if Drizella had, you know, her, if, if her powers were, you know, um, still going down the right path with Regina now that she's free of her mother's grasp and her mother isn't so, you know, not anymore because she's in the, the other place. But, you know, had, had, had Cora come to her with a positive light about having magic and not just saying, hey, well, I got, you got magic. That's all you need is power. You know, it kind of it, it, it just brings you down to the fact that would Drizella have been the way she was if her mother had accepted her for who she is and not repressed herself? No, I, I see where you're coming from. 
Uh, and what about Gideon? First time around. First time around Gideon, and it all, it all, you know, it all makes sense. But the thing is, is that it depends on the person who raises you in this world. If they are against mm -hmm. magic and they repress it from you, the first moment you get at the crack of power, you're gonna go back towards them and make them pay for what they did to you during no, that I time when you were growing up. Yeah, you know? yeah. It really, it, it really just says a lot about parenting in the show <laughs> you shun your child for having magic they turn evil boom end of story <laughs> and and then uh real quick here you said you had a question about the uh the ruins on the guy's uh forearm yes what i mean i'm itching to see what that means i mean is that something that, that i mean would, if would probably unlock you know what's going yeah on what does that room mean it's obviously yeah. going to be pretty important i mean it's you know they've shown it quite a few times and like even in, like in this episode there was like scenes of no dialogue just like here let's show you this this uh tattoo and this picture for mm -hmm. a minute or two mm -hmm. um so obviously it's going to play some a uh, significant role um i mean if, if you take a look at it it almost looks i mean obviously it looks like a mm -hmm. uh uh ship's wheel um uh, but but then like so the spokes, if, if you look at it closely uh the ships uh the like the spokes of it almost look like a uh like trident mm -hmm. yeah um, so i, I mean part of some evil faction that i mean i mean it definitely feels piratey or even almost maybe even poseidony or something uh mm -hmm. it's hard to say um, but definitely of the sea at the very least. Um, but yeah, like I said, it's definitely going to play a significant role, and more than likely bringing back uh, mythology back into the show. <laughs> I wouldn't mind at all. I've I've always wished all. I've always wished that they would yes. go farther beyond just the fairy tales. Um, yes. But uh, oh, well, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a second. Um, as far as what that ruin might mean, I think that we'll learn a lot more about it. Uh, I believe the next episode is called Eloise Gardner, right? Or no? Yes. yes. And then yes. that's going to be like the first that, part of a two-parter, or no? Yeah, two a two-hour um a two-hour uh, showing. I don't know. I don't know if it's a finale. Um, right. I don't know if it's not, it's not. It's not. I think what's happening is there's. I think it's the Thanksgiving week that there's not going to be a show. It's either that or I don't know if the CMAs had happened already. And it's something like it's something along you know like whatever they're being preempted for a week, and in, and so they're showing two episodes in one week that don't necessarily it's not like um it's not really a two parter even from what I understand it's just two episodes. Right there, oh, it's gotcha. basically two episodes without it being a finale. Right, they're calling it a two hour event. Right, and like so, you said, it's not a finale because I believe we have like two or three more episodes after those. Mm -hmm. so we'll we'll have a week uh, off, and then we'll have another two or three episodes, and then that'll be the uh, half season. We'll break until almost close to Thanksgiving too. So, right, right, and so I, th I think what it is is like the end of December is when they'll you know like come January they'll take a hiatus for mm -hmm. two months or whatever the case may be. Okay, uh, and you had a uh, something uh, notes about the signature, Monica. Oh, um, yeah, 
your signature it's it's done as careful as what Ronnie was writing. There's a a speed and a, and a movement that comes with your signature that this just it's familiar that there is a way of writing your name that that's just but see here's the thing is she wasn't writing her name she, she was, was writing exactly. Mills names. exactly and that's why it shouldn't match I mean, but well, to be honest. Okay, okay, I okay, I can, I okay, okay, I understand where you're coming from. Okay, so you're saying that the first one shouldn't have looked so uniform. Mm -hmm. She probably neither should have looked so uniform. Well, no, I understand what you're saying, but 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 the hers looked that way because she was almost matching the first one. Mm -hmm. I, Ronnie. I would expect Ronnie writing Regina Mills to look like that. Right, that's what I'm saying. Because exactly. it, it is just okay. I'm I'm writing this person's name. No, I understand what you're saying. Yes, Regina's uh -huh. signature shouldn't have looked like that because she yeah. should be used to signing her own name. It should have a a sloppiness. No, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Although I will say I I've known plenty of people who um who do take the time, especially when it comes to signatures, to actually write it out like neatly and uniform and really? not sloppy. Yes. Uh-huh. That's probably what they asked her to do. It's like, okay, hey, we're gonna have you write Regina Mills' name. So that we can see it on screen and yeah, legibly, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, it, for the most part, it's got to be chalked up to camera work. You know, like I said, like, or like Tony was just saying that, you know, they need it to be legibly on screen so that we can see that these two match, you know. So I, I but I definitely, but if, if you're, you know, just strictly talking about handwriting, I definitely understand where you're coming from. But I feel like this is just one of those things that. Uh, if you ask um, me, the R was different out of all of them. I had saw her write it out the mm -hmm. r was kind of different when she wrote it you know as as ronnie herself right the, I understand. R, the r's were different so and you I mean, also got to think that you know like like you know to make your head hurt your ears bleed you know this is lana paria you know <laughs> writing a name that isn't you know thing i'm, yeah, I'm sure she, her name she, at all right yeah way. Right. right. So, so it's so it's right in her actual handwriting because she had you know that's probably her handwriting and she oh, had to sure write it is. That. Yeah. yeah and you know she had to stop herself from saying okay uh, as if she was at a at a signing party yeah I'm not uh, saying like how many how many takes was it that she wrote Lana Mills wait a second okay wait wait Korea no, 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 this must be R. Ronnie. No, that's totally wrong. No. Wait, wait. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 wait, wait, wait. Regina Mills. Oh, I got it, you guys. I got it. <laughs> Regina Perea. Wait. Regina Perea. Oh, <laughs> oh, <my God. laughs> 
Ronnie Faria. Wait, no. no. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. <laughs> it took her a few tries. I would not be surprised if that was an actual, you know, gag rule. Oh, yeah. That'd be great if it that is. That would be like, funny. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I swear uh, it would be funny if it was. Yeah. <laughs> like, it would be great. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Okay. Enough fun. Let's move on with the rest of the episode. Yes. Uh, yeah. Drizella shows up to stop Tremaine. She's told Prince Gregor that, uh, Gregor, uh, Prince Gregor, that what she's up to, and he's not going to let her. <laughs> Let her hurt Drisella. As he draws his sword, he is stopped in his tracks by Regina. She doesn't want Drisella to make a choice that she'll regret. But she hasn't come here to kill Mother. In an instant, she brings the vine from the box and through Gregor's heart. Now that her heart is dark, it can't be used to resurrect Anastasia. And she plans to enact a dark curse. Uh, oh, and she plans to enact a dark curse. Regina warns her that heroes will find a way to break the curse, and Drizella says she'll find a way to make it unbreakable. She thanks Regina for the final lesson before vanishing off in a puff of smoke. At Ronnie's, uh, or Ronnie's still take talking in, or, uh, excuse me, take two. Ronnie's still taking in this whole Regina thing when Ivy shows up with dirt. But first, as Ronnie takes a drink, Ivy comes clean. She realizes she's been mickeyed when suddenly six seasons come rushing back to her. It seems Drizella needs Regina's help to keep the curse enacted. But why would she do that? Apparently there's a loophole that if the curse is broken, something very bad will happen to the people she loves. She must help stop Henry and Jacinda from sharing true love's kiss, whether she likes it or not. Uh, okay, so just real quick, the, you know, like... I, uh, I, me and Tony were talking off, uh, you know, off mic, whatever, before recording uh, about uh, Drizella. Uh, I don't know the name of the actress playing, you know, the Ivy Drizella character. Adelaide Kane. Okay, Adelaide Kane. I, I don't know where I've seen her before. In fact, I don't remember seeing her anywhere before, although I'm sure this isn't the first time that she's acted in anything. TV show on CW Rain. Sorry, I'm okay. a big fan. Oh, <laughs> I'm right. A, I'm a big fan. <laughs> I didn't even watch Rain, but yes. I okay. remember her from the previews. I'm a big fan. She was uh, Queen Mary of Scots. Like, oh. Uh, well, uh, I've got to say that after tonight's episode, she's totally killing it. Um, I'm putting her right up there with, like, Lana Perea. I, like, you know, I mean, you... <sighs> You saw so many different facets to that character in tonight's episode. Um, and and I think what really broke it for me was like the smile or like the twisted smile that she gave when, when that vine went through Gregor's heart. Um, yeah, I mean, I just wow. I've, I, like I said, I've never seen her in other things, but I mean, she definitely took the show for me tonight. Oh, and she God. she stole the scene from Lana, right? <laughs> <laughs> that literally brought chills to my spine on how on how they were so you know similar when she all of a sudden was just you know had a grin on her face and doing evil like it was just oh, la 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 break your neck like, <laughs> like you you saw young innocent Regina in her 
then you yeah. saw her turn to the dark just like Regina did. Like just yeah, like, there was a moment where she was shocked uh, about what had happened, and then that's what that's exactly child. that's exactly the moment I'm talking oh, about. No, no, no. That's exactly the moment I'm talking about. Where she mean, found, oh, yeah, barely like touches her lips. Yeah. It was like it was like a um a sensation. You know, like she basically was like, hmm. Yeah, great. she that was, that was yeah. loved, loved. I mean, just great scene, great acting, great writing, great all together there. I mean um I honestly like I once we saw that Drizella was awake, you know, after uh, I think it was last, that was just last week, right? Yeah. yeah, I believe so. Okay. Well, after we saw that, I was like, okay, well, obviously Ivy's going to have something to do with this curse. Um, and then we see, you know, this. I didn't think this. Um, yeah. But then I also wonder, though, like, okay, and I kind of teased this a bit in the beginning, but, like, did she cast the curse? Because we still haven't seen that. We still haven't seen it, but dang it. She basically, she, like, she basically, no. like, if she did, she basically like, just told her, told okay. her right. Okay, like, you know, she's, so but, we've got this, we, we're, we're, right now we're led to believe that Tremaine thinks that whatever, you know, that somehow, somehow Tremaine thinks that she's enacted all of this. Mm -hmm. But then, but in reality, I, and that she's the only one awake. But in reality, Ivy is the one who's enacted all of this and is making and and made Tremaine awake to make her think that all of this is is her doing. So, I mean, it, it's so many different layers to what's going on here. But what she if there's in control? But what if there's another layer though that like mm -hmm. Tremaine did enact the curse and she's making Ivy think that she's you know, playing her mom, but in reality, it's, uh. <laughs> you know what? There's so many hands in, in this new curse that could have been, you know, so much betrayal. And when it all comes down to the light, it's like, wait, you betrayed me. No, you betrayed me. No, you betrayed me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, so there's okay, important so fingers. Either, either way, if this is the dark curse, mm -hmm. you have to give up what you love most so, so if that's if we're talking about the dark curse if, that we've seen enacted before if it's not anastasia who would it be for huh. either of them that's it, very true i hadn't even thought of it like okay at one point if it was for Gisella, if she did cast the curse and for the person that she loved the most maybe she at one at one point of her life, she did love Anastasia. Maybe that's the heart that she used, or I don't know, or 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 maybe they could have rewired the curse to not, you know, to not, not need that, to not need that ingredient. I don't know though. I don't know though because we've seen the dark act, dark curse enacted so many times before. That's like the one thing that's always been constant. Yeah, the one consistency. And so, so at this point, I feel like it, you know, like I had almost forgotten about it to be honest with you. But now that Monica's pointed it out, mm -hmm. uh, I would almost be upset if it if it didn't have to come at the cost of you know whatever. You the most. I don't know if it necessarily has to be a person's life. Mm -hmm. 
It could just be what whatever you love the most. Whatever she loves. Okay, well, you know what, though? The thing is, is that, okay, her innocence could have been an act all this time. She's like, okay, I'm going to put myself in danger. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make sure that Regina falls into my trap, teaches me magic, and then I'm going to shock everyone by killing the prince in front of my mother and Regina mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. Maybe she, okay, maybe, maybe that, um, on, okay, so basically think, uh, think about this. Zelina's curse that she was, cat, well, not, not curse, but Zelina's uh, time portal spell. Mm-hmm. You know, she was using somebody's courage. What if in this new curse, um, Ivy sacrificed what little innocence she had, you know, like a symbolism for her innocence. I understand. Um, I would like that <laughs> if it if it came to an important ingredient to replace the one that okay. you love most. You know, I thought mm-hmm. that would have been a nice ingredient, but um, if it is, it is. If it ain't, it ain't. <laughs> Bad grammar. Um. Okay, so, uh, did you have anything else to add about Drizella, uh Tony? Yeah, uh, other than she really surprised me in this episode and the conversation we had off off air. Mm-hmm. Wow, uh, she really did it for me in this in, in, in this episode. And also, um, I see why uh, when okay when it was mentioned that her mother repressed her magic, I see the reason why because she probably saw the evil way beforehand mm. you know she she could have done stuff in in, in her childhood you know that made her mm-hmm. you know that, that that's shown her evil intentions that on in life mm-hmm. you know um and probably her magic is probably what put anastasia in her current condition that's a very good possibility mm. yeah and also um because we've I'm, never told we've never really learned what how right. exactly right mm-hmm. and uh, assumed it, it was ella's fault right exactly because she probably she she probably could have said like mommy 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 ella did this and now and now anastasia won't wake up well even ella blamed herself but maybe it was something i mean that doesn't mean that it wasn't ultimately because of whatever magic um did right uh uh-huh that that's a very good uh theory there tony and i'm also calling it now she's the guardian i'm calling it i am calling it i'm so i saw that in the notes and i just because if I you remember, think it was chilly all this time. Really? But That's what I've always yeah. thought. Yeah. Because like when, when Rumpel mentions, really argument. no, no, yes, you do. Wait, wait. When Rumpel first mentions the guardian and then says, "Oh, I'll find her through this portal," and then he steps to the portal and Tilly is right there. So yeah, I mean, I th- I don't think we were the only ones who were led to believe that Tilly, you know, might be the guardian. Mm-hmm. Like I'm calling it like she's okay. First of all, she's brand new to evil. She mm-hmm. didn't know she mm-hmm. had the ability, you know, to become this powerful. Um, she's just coming into her power. She's cunning. As you can see, she came here with the prince, putting up a front saying, Yeah, so um the prince is here to kill you, blah blah blah. He's gonna kill you, he's gonna do this, he's gonna do that, and all of a sudden she just turned the tables on her own 
win and shock everybody. And basically mm-hmm. said, with the flick of her wrist, you know, the, the vine went through the prince's heart. It's like, mm-hmm. wow, mm-hmm. you just turned the tables on this whole situation and you basically put put darkness in your heart purposely just to fact to ruin this moment for your mother. Mm-hmm. So it, it, because it, mm-hmm. if you remember, like, you know, she was practicing on taking hearts. So she was probably going to try and catch Ivy off guard, not knowing that she's been honing her magical skills. You know, it, it could have went, it, it could have went into a very bad situation either way. Either, you know, she could have surprised her and say, surprise, I'm going to take your heart out. Or, you know, surprise, <laughs> my magic is going to protect me. You know, it's like, right. I'm calling it. That's just, that's just what I'm saying. I'm calling it. She's the guardian. <laughs> Passing on the darkness to her would be perfect because of, yeah. of her proving herself of what uh, of what kind of a person that she was back in the uh in, in the realms. Well, I I think um these two theories depend on what um as Gold says he wants to pass it on the right way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Because before yeah. we've always seen the dark one only getting passed on by killing the previous dark one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if that's the wrong way, then what is the right way? What, what does that I don't mean? think what does it entail? I, we know nothing about what that is. I don't think he's I I don't as far as he thinks. I don't think the right way is passing it on to anybody because before he was trying to just throw throw it into a lake of time and hope that it, you but know he, like he's this. looking for the guardian to pass it on to. Yeah, but I thought I don't necessarily think I think that he feels like the guardian is supposed to just help him pass the pass it along without oh. without you know you know like being able to have him move on without necessarily meaning anyone else has to be cursed. Mm-hmm. Well, see, the two things that we got to take into consideration, one, as we saw him trying to dump the, um, to uh, dump the dagger into, into the, um, into, into the lake. River. River. It, okay. it, into the river of the lake. Um, it, the dagger and the power itself um, extends his power across time. It's 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 practically that like you know with um it, it's surviving time you know like it's a it's a power that has been there since the very beginning of magic itself you know when when um, Merlin first discovered magic you know mm-hmm. that was given by once again mythology the power of the the gods you know um when when light magic was produced. And of course, dark magic probably produced as well because, of course, we don't see the first dark one until, um, until um, uh, around Merlin's time of first, a first, a first being able to hone magic from the um, the uh, what they call it, the chalice. And then also, what you got to put into, into perspective is, is that you know you can't. 
maybe he's hoping that Drizella will take the, or whoever the guardian is, if it would be Drizella, maybe she would be doing the honors and impaling him and taking the powers away from him. And I understand. Like that. So it takes into a lot of consideration about what is quote unquote the right way, you know? No, I understand. Mm -hmm. I understand. Definitely a lot to chew on there. Um, Either way, uh, let's go ahead. <laughs> let's go ahead and move on with the uh, final act of the episode. In, in the realms, Regina expresses her regret at helping Grisella uh, to Henry. She says she felt lost when she re realized Henry didn't need her anymore. Henry assures him he will always need her, and she says no matter what, she will always be his mother first. In Seattle, Ronnie looks longingly at the photo she found when Henry arrives with good news. It looks like things are finally starting to happen between him and Jacinda. He asks about Lucy, and Regina takes the opportunity to ask about his cursed past. He says he was born in prison just like the story, but he was never adopted, so he grew up in the system just like Emma. He never knew a mother, so he wrote himself too. She almost slips before taking his hand and saying, I'm glad we're getting to know each other. And that more or less ends the episode. Um, kind of hard uh, in the recap here. Uh, it hurts. Uh, well, no, no. Uh, um, my issue here is knowing who we're talking about. Because at mm -hmm. first, it, like, you could just say, you know, when I said Regina, you knew I was talking about something from the past. And if I said... You know, whatever. But now, like, you know, like in Seattle, Ronnie looks longingly at the photo. I almost wanted to say Regina. <laughs> to, but, because, because she is Regina. Yeah, because at this point, now she's Regina. But then that gets all confusing. And, and so, like, at one point, I put in the notes here, Ron-Gina? Uh, is this, you know... Ron-Gina? You know, because this is, like, Regina acting like she's Ronnie. Uh, uh, I don't know. This Mom, show can, this Mom show Jimmy. makes your head hurt sometimes. Sometimes. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Even even when it makes sense, it's just hard to like. Wait a second. Okay, so this that there's like four different layers. Ah. Uh, uh, it, it makes you just want to go go ahead and bash your head against the wall and say, "Why doesn't it make sense?" So Tony, uh, yeah. what? <laughs> What did you have to add about this uh, this last act here, last scene? This last okay, so this last act has for me two different types of feels. One, it really just blows so hard that she can't go on ahead and kind of sort of wake Henry up from this nightmare we call the curse. You know, it kind of puts you into perspective. Like you, you basically are torturing the heck out of Ronnie slash Regina. Well, now she's now Regina now, so we more or less, call yeah. Uh -huh. anymore. <laughs> but it kind of it kind of hurts her so much that she cannot wake up her son, knowing everything. You might as well put especially it when he says stuff like he says, and you know, like, oh, well, I never grew up with the mom. I grew up in the system, you know. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I wanted a mom so bad and wrote myself too, mm -hmm. and the look on Regina's face. It hurts so 
Yeah. It hurts so bad. That's why I said it put me in the field. It's like, like mm-hmm. wow. You're like, she's right there. She could break this right now, but at what expense? It's just like the same yeah. sacrifice that Snow and David had to do. They right. they could they could have walked through that door. They could have raised Emma the way they wanted to raise her. But and yet you can't you cannot take away that destiny. Same as how that destiny is for this curse is to be broken. So maybe she's gonna make that same sacrifice and mm-hmm. say, Hey, this curse is gonna be broken one way or another. So I can't I can't, you know I can't it, break this destiny. Not this, this way. We haven't been told exactly what's going to happen. Like, all we've been told is someone, uh, the people you love will be hurt. What exactly does that mean? Mm -hmm. First of all, they didn't say anything. What's that? And who exactly? Right, yeah. Like, you know, are you talking? Well. Are we talking about all the main characters of the show thus far? Yeah, I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. a lot of questions still to be had there. Even though we just uh, answered quite a few uh, questions this episode, um, you know, just like any good, uh, you know, um, story, you know, you, you answer a few, you answer four questions and and ask another ten. I guess. I mean, there's so many, mm-hmm. so much going on in this episode. Um, like I said earlier, that's the, what I like about this show is it, it makes you answer, you know, not answer, but it makes you ask more questions, even though you just find out the answer. Because it's, it's 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 like a it's like a treasure hunt, you know. You find one answer, and it leads to more questions. You know? Did anyone have anything to add uh, before we move on to? Uh, let me see what we have here. Is uh. A, any questions to answer this episode? Um, looks like Monica, he's, uh, you say it does look at the very least that Rosella cast the curse. Yeah, the- I mean, it, it seems like it. We don't know right. certain yet. Yeah, and although, like I said, I do feel like there's at least a tinge of of uncertainty there as to as to when. Yeah, I mean, like you said, at at, at the very least, she plans to enact a curse. But we yeah, haven't. She plans seen. on it. We don't know if she does it. Yet. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and then, of course, uh, Eloise Gardner will be finding out next episode. I mean, more than likely, it seems like, uh, yeah, obviously that is uh, his daughter. Um, but then I guess that would mean it's not Alice, right? Could be. Yeah. Just because I feel like just because you know the biggest clue would have been, you know, the, the night piece mm-hmm. doesn't mean it has to be Alice. Well, there was even, there was a, like, okay, wasn't it, um, um, like she, ha- he had her night and she had his rook or something like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, in this episode when they're playing, she, mm-hmm. and she's talking about the pieces and she hands him a rook. I did notice that, and I didn't remember what it, what piece it was that his daughter had. Yeah, it was, it was, he had her knight and she had his rook or something, you know, I know knight and rook were the pieces, so I just, I, I noticed that when she handed him that, I, you know, 
Um, but I don't know. I mean, like we said, if, if Eloise Gardner is the, is, you know, this missing girl is his daughter, then I, then I really don't see how Alice would, would be that character, but we'll, we shall see. Um, and then, uh, the plenty of questions were still left with like, uh, um, even though she said, uh, Ivy has said she's enacted, we still don't really know where the curse came from. I'm sure this witch in the tower had something to do with it. Why and why would she let herself be locked up in this town? I mean, there's just so many questions still to to uh, to ask about that whole situation there. Um, she could have been another um, rendition of uh, Rumpel, you know, saying, "Hey, yeah, I'm, that we've I'm said, yeah, I'm, I'm where I want to be right now," you know. Yeah, yeah, she she's just five steps ahead, waiting for the board to be cleared, and that's what I'm thinking. That even even if it's like what I said earlier, where Tremaine is somehow playing it from the back and, and uh, you know making Ivy think that she's the one in control, really, when it all is said and done with, it's going to be the witch that uh, you know the whole story exactly, regardless of who is you know in control in the in the in the in plain view it's really going to be the witch back there that's been you know had this whole thing mechanized since the beginning mm -hmm. I'm um still, I'm, I'm still not done with the fact about what happened to the black fairy i don't think she's dead <laughs> surprise uh, she's been here all this time yeah <laughs> pops out from the control panel right <laughs> uh, uh what what pass do tremaine and hooks uh second hook which hook share i think i'll just take that off the list because i doubt we'll ever uh yeah uh, it's yeah. either that or that or, or that was just kind of weird moment between the two um like we were just talking about before who is wish hook's daughter uh what's alice's deal i think i think at this point we kind of know she's just alice you know, she she just acts the way she is. That's the way she is. I still wonder if she has, you know, if she is any kind of awake or not. I know she said that she's going to stay on. I know she said that she was going to. Or she's just she's just able to to basically see the truth for a quick moment before somebody dumps pills down her throat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, as always, what's Rumpel's deal? Uh, Tony, you and I were discussing that. Uh, uh, what were we saying earlier? We were talking about Rumpel. Um, oh, yeah, you said that you don't ever necessarily think that uh, Weaver is totally awake. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, with uh, him, um, you know, like uh, with with him remembering his, his uh, little antics or little, you know, actions, you know, with Beery and things like that. And, right. You, know, you think he's just starting to wake up, that he may not necessarily be, uh, have a full person. idea of exactly what's going on. Mm -hmm. I got you. Um, who Who is in Belfry's Tower? I think we've been discussing that for the past five minutes. Uh, I don't think we're really going to know learn that until the end of the, this high you know like once we go into like the mid-season you know i think it's like number 10 is actually called witches i think that's the episode the where we'll really really find out. find out exactly who witchy poo is and what her deal is witchy. um yeah <laughs> and then uh do you think the redhead's dead is the redhead dead um that's a very good question 
didn't really like he just kind of first of all he came in his last known whereabouts were where this his last known whereabouts were this house that when rogers goes there the house is just almost looks abandoned like from the outside it looks nice but then when you look inside there's like literally no walls mm -hmm. yeah like you, you like see the inside of that that, like that was an unfinished inside house like yeah like, that was weird that was weird like why would this guy even be staying there like that and then when rogers goes in there and finds him sprawled out on the floor it's not like he takes his pulse there's no blood anywhere so like it's i don't know i i don't really i didn't really i was i i watched the show four times it was kind of like so what's exactly going on here i don't really know but whatever if we don't see him again then r.i.p r.i.p character who <laughs> R.I.P. character who was somewhat important. Yeah, <laughs> but important enough that we had to focus on his tattoo <laughs> for ten minutes. <coughs> Excuse me. Because who knows? He may not be the only one with that tattoo. Oh, I'm sure he is, and I'm sure that's not the last time we'll we'll have seen that. Uh... Yeah. He'll um, he may be a part of some type of faction. I still believe that basically that tattoo on his wrist. Is a part of a secret organization, and like I said, I've definitely seen seafaring at the very least. Uh, so yeah, I could definitely see see that. I could see that. Uh, did not that was not uh, pun intended. Um, but anyway, <laughs> let's get on to this week's arbitrary scale. Um, uh, out of one hundred six branches through Prince Gregor's heart. Ouch. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He he felt every single one of them too. It was it wasn't an instant thing. It he felt every single one of those branches. Oh, out of out of one hundred six branches. Uh, uh, Monica, what do you give this week's episode? I give it a hundred. Very okay. Um, is uh, obviously you liked it. And what what made you knock off the six points? Um. Well, there, there's always some tweaking that can mm -hmm. be done. So you're um, you're in the Anne Marie camp of there's almost never a perfect episode. Well, th there is a few points for that. Always there's room also for a, a few points for continuity. Yeah, you did seem to have um, quite a bit of an issue with that. That is just something that irks Don me no end. <laughs> Darn <Yes. it>, Fred. <laughs> uh, so, so Fred is our generic continuity guy. Yeah, anytime we have any time, anytime there's any uh, problems with uh, costume or continuity or or set design, we're just gonna blame it on Fred. Darn Garnet okay. Fred. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Fred is my arch nemesis. <laughs> All right, uh, Tony. Out of 106 branches, what do you give this episode? I was going to get the same rating, 100. One, okay, okay. Um, a couple points of continuity. Uh, I really, really like 120% love Drizella in this episode, and now I no longer really love her. I, I love to hate her now. Yes. Love to hate her, yeah. Love to hate right, her. Right, right, and and that's where I think, and and that's why I feel like she's definitely feeling the Regina role in the show 
uh, you know, what Regina oh. was to yeah. win with, you know. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even be surprised if she went back to watch her in her farm of when she was becoming evil and kind of took direction from there. I could definitely mm. see that. I could definitely see that. And it, it wouldn't be a bad place to take direction from because Lana Perea has been like the highlight of this show since at the very least season two or three. Seriously. Right. Um, okay, so I guess it's time for me to give my rating uh, out of 106. I'm going to say 102. I'm higher than you guys. Um, <laughs> I mean, this was just such a great episode. It really played to the once formula, like the tried and true of like, you know, the flashbacks correspond to what's going on in in uh, current uh, Storybrook or not Storybrook, you know what I mean? Uh, he did no more. <laughs> Hi- Hyperion Heights, you know, just, you know what I'm saying? Though, mm-hmm. That like, it, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it was it it definitely had the once formula tried and true. Which um, you know, with Jane Espenson writing, who's been on the show since the beginning, I mean, that's um, a Regina episode. One of my favorite characters, um, Drizella, like, like Adeline Kane. Is that right? Is that right? Adeline, yeah, uh, Adeline Kane. Okay, she killed it. She killed it. Uh, she, I mean, and I don't know where she's been for the past five episodes because I didn't or didn't see that out of her and like the you know like what tonight's episode she just blew me away just blew me away um if I had any bad points for the show you know you know a few continuity things um I still I yeah yeah I still don't quite get the timeline I really don't because like even when Rumple showed up there and Regina's like oh you know, a lifetime for you in a flash, but like, I still don't, <laughs> I, I need to understand the amount of time that passed between her sh- seeing Henry off in the portal uh-huh. in the, on the motorcycle as Jared Gilmore. And then her going through the portal with her, with him and hook. I, 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 I mean that it has to be at least 10 years. It has to be. Mhm. But 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 see here's the thing it can't be 10 years because then that would be crazy amount of time because at this point at this point uh Lucy's not even in the picture yet. So we're talking at this well, point we're talking 10 years ago. At least you said. Right. So so like at, at the point we're seeing in their flashback we're talking about 10 years ago because it's before Lucy was in the picture. At least because because Cinderella and Henry aren't even together yet, let alone Lucy not being in the picture. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that's not even taking into account the amount of time that's passed between Jared Gilmore and Andrew West. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't make that? any sense. Or so like, is Hyperion Heights in two thousand twenty-three? Yep. To be honest with you, it really feels. <laughs> Monica <laughs> just wants us to stop. Like, stop it! It hurts. But to be yeah. honest with you, my last don't make point, my brain hurt anymore. It's just, last, just not going to work. My last, <laughs> stop my last killing point, yourselves, guys. 
my last point on it, though. Okay. Okay. My last point on it, though. Do you guys even think that that uh, Hyperion Heights actually received the same treatment as Storybrooke? Do you guys believe maybe it was frozen for some for some no. amount of years? No, I don't know. Or, or what because, or was it just made out be, of nowhere? No, because Storybrooke was hidden and like uh, and and had a spell that other people couldn't get to it. So that that's why that was frozen. You can't just freeze a a so, main suburb so, of a of a of a oh, you so, know, yeah. a bustling city. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. not <laughs> yeah, you couldn't do that. Um, sure, though. And then also, though, you got to also really think about um, time basically just doesn't exist, you know, in the in the land where, where Rumpel and Bell were. Oh, yeah. Well, time let's not even take Rumpel and Bell into consideration here. Let's not let's pretend that didn't even happen. I'm talking about Henry and Regina. Oh. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like, I... <laughs> Mommy and son being the same age, we are just going to ignore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Done with it. All right. So we'll just we'll just leave it alone for now. But I've got to say, it, it definitely makes me, makes my head spin when I try to think about it as well, Monica. So we'll just leave yes. it alone for now. It hurts. Yes. Um, okay, so... Uh, Tony, do you have this week's? Oh, okay. Uh, news and uh, feedback. Not a lot of feedback this week, unfortunately, guys. I, I don't know. At this point, I think I'm just going to stop asking for you know, for the whatever. Um, <laughs> we've, we've definitely just recovered to a conversational podcast. Um, but regardless, we do. Box? Um, not not a whole uh, um we are gonna uh we'll go over this week uh the past voicemails and we'll uh we'll look into getting that out tony is that what you're just talking about right yeah yeah so uh Everybody we do want the yeah unfortunately we do have um you know uh, unfortunately fortunately we do have uh you know uh a little swag box nothing big just some figures and a, a book and stuff to uh to share the love of once upon a time um, with the few listeners out there who who uh, feel uh, up to the task of uh, sharing some feedback with us. Um, that being said, like I said, unfortunately there really is none for this week. Um, not really any news, but uh, we do have some ratings. Uh, Tony, did you get the ratings for this week? I did. Um, so season seven, episode six ratings were a uh, zero point five demo. So okay. It change. It yeah, I, I read that there was like a slight, slight uptick, but just still in the point five demo. Like the total aver- the total viewership went up like mm-hmm. a tenth I'm of a million sick. or something. You know what I'm saying? Something. I'm just sick and tired of it taking. Why don't we just go up a full number? Well. <laughs> I will say this that we're we're talking about Fridays, um, so you know that's always been kind of a, um, you know, in the past it's been kind of the, the graveyard night, you know, like that's where all good shows go to die, you know, all genre shows end up on Fridays in their last season or two, and 
uh, we're in a different landscape now, you know, with on demand and and everything else. So I don't know if necessarily that has uh, as much to do with with things as it did in the past. That being said, like I said, this is a Friday. 0.5 isn't necessarily bad, and at least we're not going down. We're gradually ticking up, mm-hmm. you know, so that, you know, that's a good thing. We're staying steady, and, uh, you know, the the hardcore fan base is sticking in, and they want to see where this uh, where this season's going. And to yep. be honest with you, after last night, so do I, definitely. Yeah. If anything, I would not mind if this went, you know, at least to season eight. Maybe wrap up what we're learning here, you know, and then bring in some new things, maybe for eight, and then end it all off with a big, nice bow. I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like their hopes are that they'll have Regina and Hook and and Rumpel on for maybe another two or three seasons, to then uh, segue into you know our new characters, you know, and and th- and that's what we've been doing. Like, okay, for um. This first uh, uh, six episodes have really all been about all of our, you know, the the characters that we've followed to Hyperion Heights from Storybrooke. Whereas uh, from what I've seen of the upcoming episodes, now we're finally really getting into, like, for instance, next episode with Eloise Gardner. Even though it's a Hook episode, this isn't our Hook like completely isn't our hook. This is a totally different character. Mm-hmm. So so even though it's the same actor, it's still not the Storybrooke story that we're following, you know. I feel like now I feel like we finally caught up with like okay, these are the things from Storybrooke that we're carrying over to Hyperion Heights. Now it's time to just really focus on Hyperion Heights. Mm-hmm. And that's and right, that's what I'm looking forward to. Right. Yeah, and that's what I'm looking forward to. It, it kind of it sucks that it, it took six episodes to to really start getting into it, but I I feel like we're finally really getting into the meat of what they intend this show to be, like uh, phase two. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I really, being, I really wish, I, I really hope that it gets stronger. You know, with the uh, episodes and things like that nonetheless of it being on a Friday. Yeah, I, I mean, I really don't think that, you know, for, like I said, for me, that doesn't matter at all as far as the Friday thing goes. And I think to the general viewing public, I don't think that really matters either. I think it's, it's you know, we're living in a totally different landscape. But uh, we want to hear from you guys. Um, you know, like I said, not a lot of feedback this episode, but we want to hear your crazy theories. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear, uh, you know, did you love this episode? Did you hate this episode? What do you think about uh, who who is the Guardian? Is it going to be uh, Alice? Uh, is it um, uh, Drizella, like Tony thinks? Is it someone we've never even seen yet? Um, how exactly are the powers going to be passed? Uh, are they going to be passed on to someone else, or is he trying to stop the Dark Curse from ha- you know the Dark One um, persona from existing at all? Um, does he want to pass on that curse? Uh, who cast this new curse? Was it Ivy, Drizella, or Ivy is Drizella, uh, Tremaine, the witch herself? There's so many different questions, and we are there. Are there questions that we haven't asked that you guys want to have asked and answered? We want to hear from you guys. 
Uh, greetings from Storybrook at gmail.com is the email. You can always hit us up there. The Twitter is at GF Storybrook. Uh, on Facebook, we're at greetings from Storybrook uh, uh, slash Facebook. Or no, wait. Facebook.com slash greetings from Storybrook. Got that backwards. Uh, what, what's that Willy Wonka say? Uh, anyway, whatever. Never mind. Um, uh, yeah, now I'm rambling. It's getting late. Uh, Tony, if we wanted to uh, to hit you up on social media, where will we find you at? You guys can find me on Twitter at hoops900, H-O-O-P-S, 900. Okay. And Monica, uh, how about your social media? Where, where do they find you? Uh, Twitter at Monica Sedai, S-E-D-A-I. And as always, you can find me on, on Twitter at InevitableHawk, H-A-W-K-E. Um, let's see, Facebook is Facebook.com slash BobbyHawk, uh, H-A-W-K-E. That's how you spell my last name, folks. It's Hawk with an E at the end, just like the bird with an E at the end. Um, <laughs> um, and, of course, you can always hit me up here um, you know, I, I'm usually the one that's answering like the Facebook feed and the Twitter feed and stuff like that. I like that. And as always, I'm here every week with uh, two, three, four, depends on how many people want to show up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, hey, but no, but no, no. Hey, no, no, I'm not. I'm just kidding. Elizabeth, we love you. Um, you know, we're uh, happy birthday to was it, was it her, son, her boyfriend's son's birthday? Mm. Okay, so happy birthday. <laughs> happy if, birthday. If he, if he happens to be watching. Um, oh, God, now I'm getting long-winded. Anyway, let me go ahead and end this uh, suffering. <laughs> God, why am I being so, like, uh, dark all of a sudden? All right. <laughs> Excuse me. Ugh. Anyway, guys, and until next week. Greetings. Greetings. And it's not playing. Oh, God. <laughs> I know. Okay. Take two, guys. Greetings. From story, oh, sorry, brother. Bye-bye. <laughs> For real. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>